Welcome to the first episode of e-commerce Straight Talk, a podcast hosted by Sam Sprague, Sam Sprague and me, Susie Perez. Sam Sprague is the owner and CEO of Sprague Media, where we both work and we work with e-commerce clients to advise them and grow their paid social marketing strategies. And so we thought it would be fun for us, um, valuable for our clients, and a way for us to get our brand name out there to start a podcast and talk about all things e-commerce, uh, what's going on in the news, what we're hearing from our clients, from our partners, dive a little bit deeper to give you, our listeners, a better understanding of what we're seeing. So Cool. Look at that. That's how it's done. Nice. Sam, would you like to say a few words? Um, yeah, so welcome episode number one. We're going to try and figure this out as we go. Um, the idea behind this is, you know, we, we regularly get a lot of questions and we answer a lot of questions and whether that's in Facebook groups or to our own clients or, um, on clubhouse or wherever. And so it's, it's just like, Hey, let's just put out a legit weekly podcast episode. So talking about, you know, trends, buying behaviors, like what's really going on, not sugarcoating anything. And just like really getting into like what we're seeing and then how, how of course, our, our own personal opinions, how we think that is, is going to affect the future. Precisely. Sweet. So awesome. I think what I wanted to kick off with and start talking about is, you know, what or what's the value and why should brands engage with their customers on social media and how that both improves customer satisfaction, but also improves a brand's image. Yeah, no, for sure. So um, what's what's interesting is, you know, it's 2021. So most every brand is on social to one extent or the other. There's very few now that aren't. I remember a couple of years ago, even when we were talking to brands, sometimes they were like, well, why do we even need to be on Facebook? Like, okay, well, if I, if I had to explain that, then the conversation is already over. Um, your customer is there and it's easy to have that conversation with them. So it, it is it is a route for customer service to be able to have those conversations there versus via email to be more um, uh, authentic and, and engage one-on-one, right? So what I would say is in, engaging with your prospective audience, your followers, your customers on social media is, is basically a customer service push. That's really what it is. Um, and, and, and you not only that, but give them less time to stew on the problems that they're having, right? If like, like what we help with, if someone um, comments like, hey, I ordered this the other day and, and, and I haven't heard anything about it, yada, yada, yada. Okay, that seems like an easy thing customer service can handle, but we need to make sure that we comment in the thread. We don't wanna, we don't wanna block it or, or delete that comment. You can if you want, but that's sort of that 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 that's a check on your quality um, as well. How Facebook sees it, so you want to respond to that. Not only that, but other customers or other prospective customers are seeing that you're engaging with people and you're handling problems when they arise, so they tend to trust you more. And that's really the game that you're playing online is you're um, trying to build trust. You know, it's sort of like the old adage of. If you see it on TV, it must be legit. It's on TV. And, and likewise, the opposite is true on social media. It's, it's on Facebook. It's got to be fake news. So um, being there, um, just having just having a mere presence. Um, for example, um, 
people's perception of you just by having your brand on Instagram. You don't even have to post anything. Just by having it on Instagram is increased by 79%. So, I mean, that's, that's huge. On top of that, um, there's the ages between the ages of 13 and 34. So Snapchat reaches about 75% of Americans ages, ages 13 to 34, which is crazy. Um, but on top of that, about 46% of them are actively on Snapchat while buying online. Right. And a lot of them do like to tag brands that they buy from. So just be there to engage with them, have that conversation. Um, yes, it does take time. Yes, you do have to hire people to do that, but it's it's definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, we spend so much of our time online, especially now with the pandemic and our shopping behavior has changed that I think a lot of us like customers are becoming open to that idea of engaging with our brands, um, you know, following them on social, getting to interact with them. So it's important, yeah, to put yourself out there. I know, for example, like for me, I actually just had uh, a shirt come in that I ordered from a really local like business owner out in Los Angeles, but I immediately uploaded like as soon as I got it, all the packaging that they do. Cause a lot of these brands also take um, a lot of consideration and time into how they like do their shipping boxes. And I think it's with that idea in mind that when somebody receives it, you're gonna wanna open it, tag it, like see like, look at all these things that I got, share it with your audience. And then it becomes like a snowball effect because then you as the company can share that person's post and have that social proof and that trust of, yeah, look, this is maybe a repeat customer or somebody that bought from us, look at their experience. Um, So yeah, just putting yourself out there really, I think is is most important and gaining that customer's trust. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I mean, when we look at like the number one reason why you should be doing this is is to to handle problems that arise immediately on social before they snowball into a bigger problem than they were to begin with right before more people tag on and jump on and say hey how come you haven't been responding and, and all these things right you don't want to be that brand um, and then once you get once you get labeled with that it's very hard to get rid of um, and you can use you can use software like zendesk and, and other things out there to then monitor it suite to monitor the chatter and be able to respond in one location versus having to jump on Facebook and Instagram and, and Pinterest and all of that. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know you had that ability to like comment from one single source. So that's definitely yeah. saving. Cool. Um, and then one more thing I think too, that's important to know is just the speed I think at which you can get back to those customers versus like an email that gets lost in a pile of, you know, customer inquiries. I think that's also the benefit of, have, of being engaged on your social media is, and then the customers obviously are more satisfied because you're getting to them quickly. But yeah, no, I think it's, and then one thing that I wanted to comment on too was saying, you know, you can block these people that are commenting negative things. You can hide their comments, but it's still visible for like others to see. So you can go on and click like view hide comments. And you know, if you're that brand that's like hiding the negative reviews and everything they're saying, it's just, it, it gives you no credibility. It's it, like you yeah. said, it's much more important just for us to see you take initiative. <laughs> and, and on top of that, that Facebook sees all that happening, right? So obviously Facebook monitors keywords, um, through, even through the comments. But even then, it's like it's sort of like um, you start off with a score of 100 and 
and you can never get above a hundred. You can always just get, go down. Right. So, so Facebook treats positive comments sort of neutral, whereas they treat negative comments as negative. Right. So every time it's just chipping away. So that's why speed's important dealing with those to add more people into the mix so that, that they're, they're satisfied with you as well. Um, and, and really, I mean, what we have to look at is if Amazon's doing that, I mean, look at Amazon's customer service. It's incredible, right? Chick-fil-A is the same way. Customer service is, is everything. And that's really, if we're, if we're looking at differentiating ourselves, that's, that's one of those pieces to that puzzle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because here at Spring Media, we do do that for our clients. We have somebody that's handling all those comments and I know it's her favorite job to do <laughs> to get yeah. that. Little, little plug, little plug right there. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, we want to talk about other things too, but the, you know, at the end of the day, one of the biggest things that we see is our brands just aren't doing that. Um, and guess what? The ones that are doing it, people love those brands, right? And and that's mind-boggling. Go look at any brands that you like, any brand that is like one of your favorites or that you know other people like. Guess what they're doing? They're all commenting constantly. They're dealing with problems when they come up. You can reach them directly through you know, direct message on Facebook or Instagram, wherever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sweet. Okay. So I guess moving on to a different topic. And this was also something that came up today with, or this week with one of our clients was, you know, with having inventory being delayed uh, just because of what happened last year and still it's, it's hard to get things ready again. Um, the marketing departments are then having to kind of handle that because you have to be both on top of how much product and inventory you have and being careful with, you know, what ads you push and not, you just have to like time that really well. And it's a very fine line to walk, I think. So can you speak more into that? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) this is a problem that everyone's facing. Um, it's just, you know, basically what happened was initially at the beginning of the pandemic, um, just a few months of not doing anything has backed everything up. And we're not just talking about inventory for e-commerce. We're talking about everything, chips, chips manufacturing for cars to drive lumber for them to build homes, right? That's why home, that's another reason why uh, new home costs are skyrocketing is because um, you know, back when lumber was expensive last year, those, those, those companies didn't want to buy the lumber because they're like, oh, it'll go back down. And now it hasn't. So they're all, everyone's rushing at the same time to buy. So supply and demand issues across the board. Yeah. Similar with inventory. Um, it's just very hard to get anything. And, and I mean, you have brands right now who are ordering product um, for Q4. And, and this not even expected to come to September. Cross your fingers. Hopefully it comes on time. Right. Um, and then on top of that, you can't, you don't want to over inventory and, and have to cover that tax cost and everything uh, associated with that. So it's, it's sort of a crazy time period. Um, I don't think there is any great solution unless you just have a really cool formula for, you know, if you know exactly how much of what products you're going to sell between now and the end of the year. And, and hopefully um, by the summer, it sort, sort of helps get things sorted out, but I just don't see that happening for about another year or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it seems like business owners are really having to think way ahead than maybe what they were used to anticipating, you know, seasons ahead, what they might need or what the people might want. That's really tough. Yeah. To and and you add to that, um, 
what really doesn't help is the simple fact that if you remember last year, March hit, a lot of people pulled back. Um, and then April was sort of like, we're all in it together. Right. And, and, uh, it was black Friday every day online. And then May and June in some places reopened and some opened and closed, but most people were trying to get out, but the purchase patterns shifted. More people were buying school uh, supply or not school supplies, but like, like instructional educational stuff for their kids. Right. Um, they were buying less clothes unless it was like pajamas or sweats. Right. Um, they're buying workout equipment. I mean, I couldn't find any workout equipment. Um, it, in fact, I ordered, I remember ordering some in June and I didn't even get it till September. Um, so it was that backed up. I mean, everything. And then fast forward to this year. Now, all of that has shifted again because now it's, you know, it's April, 2021. So what's happening? Um, people are getting ready to go back out, right? Especially if you live in, in the Southern States, they're already, you know, they're buying swimwear. Um, if you remember, we were selling swimwear like hotcakes back in February when it was freezing because everyone knew, Hey, in a couple months, I'm going to the beach. Right. Um, likewise, people are buying more clothes now because, Hey, not only are we going to be going back out, so I need new clothes, but I've also gained 19 pounds, right? The COVID-19 <laughs> like myself. And it's like, I, I don't fit in my, in my own clothes. So I got to buy new clothes too. So, um, the purchase patterns have already shifted. And then are we going to see something similar? Are we going to go back to, um, you know, similar uh, uh, patterns like we were seeing before where summertime you open up for, for back to school. Um, is it only going to be in some states? Are they going to be doing hybrid models? Like all these things. And it's like, don't really know. So you just take your, your best stabbing guess at it. Um, you know, even if you have a brand that just takes off out of nowhere, it sounds like a great problem to have. But at the same time, if you run out of inventory, then you look like the a-hole, you know? So yeah, it's, it's an issue for everyone. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't. I don't have. I don't have a solution to this problem, except <laughs> for just just guess right, just guess correctly. Right, right. Well, something we do is test, 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 like constantly with our ads, at least. So we are like executing and reviewing, executing and reviewing constantly. So I think that's the best thing you can do in this situation. Really, is just see how it goes day by day. Well, and if you're if you're working off ads, like say say advertising is your main consistent form of acquisition, um, you know whether that's Google PPC or Facebook or wherever, what you should be doing is you just be building out those projection models, like what we do, um, where then you can say, hey, if I'm spending, you know, if we have uh, two hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand dollars in ad spend to spend until the end of the year, how are we going to break that down per month? Just assuming sort of buying trends. Uh, how much inventory we're going to need? Um, how much should we be spending each month? How much should we be spending each day? Um, do we have a buffer in there? Maybe May comes and we planned on spending, you know, just 20 K, but we spent 25. Can we take that away from October? Maybe because October tends to slow down. Like all these things sort of matter. And so really looking at your goals, plus those projections should help out a lot. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Perfect. Well, I think that was a good chunk of information and th- topics that we talked about for our first episode of e-commerce straight talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for your time. We'll catch you next week. Later. Later. <laughs>